Hey, you're listening to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast, where you'll learn why you're feeling so burnt out, some insights and hacks to get you along this entrepreneurial journey. I'm Kylie Yotel, former oil and gas manager, turned health coach, life coach, and business mentor for female entrepreneurs just like you and help them heal and recover from burnout. Hi, and welcome back to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, we're talking with Cami Wilkie, high ticket coach. She teaches you how to package and market and sell your coaching for top dollar that you can use your God-given gifts and increase your income, get more clients, and stay at home with your kids. Who doesn't want that? Like, is the pit of me of how to reduce the burnout in your business. And if you're familiar with what I do, I used to be a launch manager um, behind six, seven, eight-figure businesses, and I'll tell you, it was Launching was stressful. Um, all the moving pieces, you have to write the copy, you have to plan out your social media strategy, all the different things that you have to do in a traditional launch model. Today, Cami and I are just going to be talking about why traditional launches are not working in the current economy. Because I don't know if you've seen it, right? everyone and their mom is launching something. At the time of this recording, we're just a few weeks out from Black Friday, and you're probably seeing it in your inbox. Everyone is popping up with some kind of whatever launch model they're using. A lot of people use the webinar launch format. Oh, I'm hosting a masterclass. And then you'll see the subsequent emails. Hey, I'm doing a masterclass. And I'm going to be selling something at the end. That's the traditional launch model. Thank you, Jeff Walker, for introducing that to us so many years ago. But today we're going to be talking about why that's not working. One, we're all privy to that model. A lot of us who are in the coaching world have learned a lot of different marketing strategies. And that's, I don't know, Cammie, you tell me, like, I feel like it's the number one launch model that we've all been taught in the coaching industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kylie, thank you for having me on the show. It's been so good to get to know you over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we both have a deep love for the islands of Hawaii. Yes. bonded over that. Uh, you being from Hawaii, me going annually. So that was just a super cool thing for us to connect on. Also being believers as well uh, and coaches in this online space. And I learned so much from you when I took your burnout quiz. And um, learning the different archetype of like how I show up and not judging myself for the way that I show up, but just looking at it objectively, realizing there's pros and cons to the way that everybody shows up, everybody's personality is super viable for me. I wanted to start with that. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, launching, chat about it. So when I started in the coaching space, 2019, I had started in January, hired my first coach around the, the June, July timeframe. And we went through the traditional 12 week group coaching program. So they started off, with, it's the classic, the market research, then the ideal client, then the offer, then the launch, then the sales. And that was incredible back then. This was pre-pandemic and the coaching space was growing, but it's not, it wasn't to where it is now because there was online coaches, but it was still incredibly new. And let's also acknowledge that like the coaching industry in of itself is a relatively new industry. Uh, when we compare it to like engineering or the medical field, like it's a new industry and we are still pioneering the beginning of it. And I say that as an encouragement because a lot of us are, we're still pioneering and like blazing this trail for which decades of people will follow behind us. Like how we look at people like for Allwood or Tony Robbins as being like the top of the charts right now, but someday they're going to retire and people that are starting their businesses now, we're going to rise up into that leadership space. When I came into the space, I learned from a launching model, which again was prime information for the time pre-pandemic. But let's acknowledge the hurricane that hit the world, um, COVID-19 in 2020. When that happened, businesses everywhere, even beyond coaching, brick and mortar businesses, restaurants, everybody went online. And I remember I had a coach at that time and she was saying, leaders were saying, you need to be selling everybody's home. This is the first couple months of the pandemic. Everybody's home. Everybody's on their phone. Everybody's seeing more views right on their social media, like sell, 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 sell. But let's recognize that like 
everybody now was selling something online, coaches or other types of entrepreneurs, everybody was selling. And what I believe happened is the average Instagram user. And when I say average Instagram user, I mean, somebody who does not make money on the app. Somebody who is simply has Instagram. Most people, I think coaches, sometimes we forget this. Most people don't make money on Instagram. We're like very unique in this way. Most people have Instagram for two reasons, to connect with their family and friends, stay caught up in their lives. And number two, for something to do when they're waiting at the doctor's office or something to do when they're really bored in a conversation or having an awkward conversation. That's what most people have Instagram for. And the average Instagram user launching became almost white noise, background noise. When people first started launching and it was something very new and not a whole bunch of people were doing it, probably early 2017, maybe even before that, uh, people really jumped onto this thing because it was new. They were like, man, I've never seen this before. Believe it or not, there's lots of strategies that are exiting the coaching space, right? Launching is just one of them. Maybe we can get into that here in a second, but Launching is not as effective, I believe, first and foremost, because everybody's doing it. And the average Instagram user, I think, is burnout on it. They're burnout. Um, they're not going to Instagram to buy things. Like you go to Pinterest, you're going to Pinterest for the idea of, like, uh, I'm creating something, a recipe, a craft, um, designing something. You may buy something on Pinterest. People don't go on Instagram with the thought process of, ooh, I'm going to buy something today. And I think that the traditional launching model which we'll get into in a little bit. What does that actually mean? I think people are burnt out on it. People are, or white noise. Entrepreneurs are burnt out on it and our consumers are thinking of it as a like noise. They're not even seeing it anymore. Not to mention people's attention spans. It's literally called Instagram. It's instant. People don't have long attention spans on Instagram. So all of that to be said, we have lots to unpack today, but that's why I believe it's starting to fade out. And you're talking about white noise. What came up for me was people see sponsored ads, sponsored posts. It's like, we're, sometimes I don't even know if, if it's a sponsored post or a regular post because anytime it looks like ad, I'm like the sponsored post. And it could actually be a, a regular post. But let me be fair, a sponsored post is usually a regular post that someone's put an ad behind. That's why we're so used to, or that the regular Instagram user, the non-business Instagram user is used to scrolling through ads. So if we're on, on YouTube, I'm like, uh, wait for the skip ad button. And then we're just like, okay, next. Right. Nobody's really watching our, our launch content. And being a launch manager in a previous life, that content is like 90% of what I'm managing as a launch manager copywriters, social media managers, ad spend, like managing all of that during a launch. That was the biggest part of my job. And then when you put those creatives out there on the internet, put out an email, put out a post, whatever. And then it was like, okay, we've had the baby and we put it out into the world. And it's like, no, oh, you still have to take care of it and feed it and like nurture it all. And to your point of content was like a huge driver of the launch, content on Instagram has changed. Pre-pandemic, we didn't have reels. Instagram wasn't trying to compete with TikTok at that point. Uh, picture posts, graphic posts, hashtags, all of those were the main drivers of the way that we shared content, which meant that captions were also huge. Now... People are Instagram because they're competing with TikTok. They're pushing reels. The rate at which people are even viewing captions has decreased dramatically because in a real format, they're watching reel and they're swiping it up. They're swiping it up. And when you look at a picture, picture posts or that static traditional Instagram post, it shows you the first two lines of the caption. When you're doing a reel, it doesn't show you the first two lines. It's like a few characters. People aren't reading the captions as much. And so what we're seeing is people are trying to apply old font strategies to the new Instagram algorithm, to the new um, post-pandemic way of social media, and they're finding that it's not as effective. Now, to be fair, I want to first say that I'm not completely anti-launch. I am for publicly talking about your offer. I think that that is timeless. Whether we are in 2022 or 2079, 
Talking about your offer is just good business marketing. The way you talk about your offer, that is the challenge. And with launching, the way that I was taught to launch was quite literally a post. I call it posting and hoping. We create the content, we post, and then we just hope people click the link in our bio. We just hope people slide into our DMs. We just hope people reply to our Instagram story and want to buy the thing. And again, that worked back in 2019 when we had a chronological algorithm. Almost everybody who followed you saw your content. There was not nearly as much competition of for our Instagram users' attention as there is now. And people were spending more time on Instagram reading the actual content because they weren't distracted by things like reels. It's not that way anymore. Posting and hoping is quite literally the reason why people are beginning to be burnt out because there's a lot of work to put a launch together. I mean, you more than anybody. And hope, posting and hoping, not a strategy. It used to be a good one. It's not one anymore. We need to put more, um, I don't want to say effort because it's a lot of effort to put together a launch, even if you're posting and hoping, but we have to put more intentionality and, and actually go out and like find our person and not just sit back and wait for them to come to us. That's my thought behind it. Yes, that's exactly what we were seeing as I was managing these launches or the post and hope model. And like, why aren't people seeing it? And we had to change the strategies that we were using. Now, and there's another thing that I'd like to talk about. It's like that shiny object syndrome. There's so many. You're in the coaching space, especially in the business coaching space. There are a lot of other business coaches doing the same thing that we're doing. And every person has their different ways of doing things. And how do we... Uh, really sift through the different strategies that are available to us online. My personal take on it is, one, take the burnout archetype quiz, find out your personality type, and then build your launch strategy around that. Because when you understand your personality type, how we were talking about reels, you don't have to post a reel with your face in it. For talking about archetypes, the popular archetype is the archetype that's most likely to go live, to show her face and be okay because she's an extrovert. But the downside of that is the extrovert loves the interaction. That's why I started hosting a podcast, talking to other people, because I hated going live by myself, talking to this screen, <laughs> and there's not that interaction. That was really draining for me. Um, what I find is... A lot of the, the extroverts of the popular archetypes need that feedback. And when they don't get that feedback, then they they have that dip in their energy and like, my launch flopped, no engagement, no interaction. And in their mind, the launch had flopped. But ideally, we should be looking at the numbers and the sale metrics and not really the, I don't know, I just took a tangent. But <laughs> that's the launch metrics that you should be looking at. But when you're using a post and hope method, you are looking at likes, you're looking at engagement, you're looking at all of those Instagram metrics instead of the launch metric sale um, and all of that stuff. I think your question was, how do we sift through this information and decide what's right for us? So first thing right. I'll say is praying for wisdom and discernment, first and foremost, starting there. Um, after we do that, I believe that we need to be really intentional about who are we hiring? And realize that like in the coaching space, coaches have a tendency to make the client feel like they're interviewing them and are, is this client quote unquote good enough for my program? Uh, now that's the, the, I hate to say vibe because it sounds new agey, but I'm just going to say it for lack of a better word. The vibe um, comes off very icky to people. I remember the, a coaching program that I was in, they had me put on applications. Um, we'll decide if you're a good fit for this program. Well, Last time I checked, I'm paying you. When somebody applies for a job, it is the employer mostly driving the interview. Mostly. Why is that? Because the employer is paying. They're the ones financially put on the line. They're paying the employee. Now, of course, the employee or the potential candidate has an opportunity to ask its questions and they should interview their employer as well. But usually it's the employer driving the application and driving the interview process because they're the ones paying. Now, in the coaching space, coaches have got it flopped or flipped. They've got it flipped. 
I'm not saying that coaches shouldn't be selective about who's coming into your program. Absolutely. But let's also clients, I'm speaking to you, like interview your coach. You're the one paying. Don't be afraid to ask all the questions you want. Now we get to a point where, you know, there's a limit to that. I say all the questions, but realize at some point you either want to join the program or you don't. But I remember when I was joining a program, they told us they, and I actually joined this program and then they told us this strategy. And I looked back at my own sales process that I had to get into that program. And I'm like, Ooh, that was exactly the same. They told us to say the least amount possible about the program as you need to, in order to get them through the door. Don't over talk is what they said. Now I understand the concept of not over talking because sometimes when we over speak, we can talk somebody out of it. But there's a difference between over speaking and giving people all the information they need to make a calculated decision. And what I was seeing in the coaching space is people were not answering the right questions, or excuse me, not answering questions at all, basically asking people to blindly buy into this coaching program and then making the candidate or the applicant feel like we're doing you a favor, pay me $7,000 for it. And it felt really icky for people. And then people got in the doors and now we have, I just threw a whole bunch of market research calls. And what I heard on these market research calls is coaches were like, I'm really nervous about joining another program because in the past I joined programs and it wasn't what I thought. Well, why is that? Why isn't what, not what you thought? Because either you didn't ask the questions or you didn't feel that you had the permission to ask the questions and the coach wasn't forthcoming about all the details of the program. So people got into these programs and then they felt like a smoke and mirrors. They looked really great from the sidewalk. And then when they got into the house, they're like, this is not it. And it leaves people feeling disappointed and defensive about ever investing in something again. We have to do better. Cat fishing. Yeah, my goodness. And we call it sales strategy. What even is that? So I believe that we need to be transparent as coaches. And I know we're going to get to the conversation here a little bit. I won't get the cart in front of the horse, but that's really a big part of, of the philosophy I take now into selling in the concept of private sales. And again, we'll open that can of worms here in a moment, but part of the private sales theory or yeah. phenomenon no, is to show people, actually show them. I learned how to do sales calls from a previous coach where it looked like, just two people on a Zoom call. They had to rely on you, on them hearing all the details of the program. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. I do not hear things nearly as effectively as I see them. I'm not an auditory learner. At all. And I would venture to say most of the population likes to see things. And I'm asking questions about this program. They're telling me, but I'm not seeing any of it. I can't see any of the program. I don't visually know what I'm looking at. And so one indication that you're not, that a coach maybe isn't describing their program very well or should, should adjust the way that they're presenting it is if you get on a sales call and at the end you ask any questions, if they have 14 different questions, you drop the ball on explaining it. Being straight up. If I get on a presentation with somebody, they may have maybe two questions, one or two. Love it. Love and, it. And they always say to me, well, I feel like you answered all my questions in the presentation. That's yeah. the point of it. Let's be really upfront with people about everything they're saying to show them the curriculum, show them um, all the ins and outs of what you plan to teach them. Tell them how many people are also going to be in the program. Show them what does it look like to get support in the program? Are you going to have a Slack channel? Or are you going to have a Facebook group? Um, what is your Voxer hours? Am I going to have to wait three days to get a response from you? Or are you going to respond to me before five o'clock at the end of the day? Answer every single question. Don't let it be a smoke and mirrors because people are picking up on that and they're not investing or they're being very hesitant about investing because a last coach, they feel burned by a last coach. And unfortunately, even though that wasn't your fault, it's harder for you to sell now. We got to step it up. It's just like being in a relationship, right? Someone who's been in a bad relationship with maybe an abusive partner, it's hard for them to step into a new relationship with someone who is totally different and not, definitely not going to be the same experience, but that person has to really prove themselves. And then what happens sometimes the relationship doesn't even work out before it even got a chance to begin because this person was bringing in baggage from a previous relationship and held this new person to that standard or lack of standard and like really kind of second guessing this new partner 
if we're using partners and coaches, new partner, because that's what we're doing when we're hiring a coach is we're hiring a partner for our business. We are hiring staff members, team members, whatever. But when we hire a coach, we are partnering with them in our businesses. We are asking them to mentor us and lead us through our business. We have mentors that you mentioned, the employee HR hiring process. When we get into our day job, our corporate job, we had some kind of mentor, whether they were good, bad, or or whatever, we still had some kind of mentor that was pulling us through, even if it was not an assigned mentor. But we, we do have to follow someone around and get trained on how to do our employee part. And same thing with hiring coach, right? We have to, we're trusting them to mentor us and pull us up into where they are at. We can learn what they learn and have a similar type of business that they have. Because that's what the sale is, right? We want what somebody else has. And as a client, we're buying into that program because we love the benefits. But a lot of times in sales, they tell you to just go with the benefits, go with the emotional sale. And a lot of people buy differently, especially if you have a different archetype. The perfectionist archetype is the very technical person, analytical. They want to see, okay, I'm giving you this money. What is this money going to buy me? And they're not questioning your methods or whatever. That's just how they buy. If you were going to yeah. go buy a house and they didn't show you the inside, you would be insane to buy that house insane and especially if we're having the audacity to charge people high ticket prices which i'm all for by the way it's a different sales process than buying a 200 dollars course let's stop down playing or watering down the decision making process that a person's really walking through here if your program is seven thousand dollars don't expect people to close on a 45 minute sales call that's another thing that we can know about that can of worms. Um, that's another strategy that is leaving the coaching space right now. The traditional model was somebody would fill out an application. You'd get on a, on a 45 minute zoom call and with somebody you probably didn't know. And then in 45 minutes, you tried to get to know them, build rapport, make them trust you, make them see you as an authority, understand their goals, understand that they're a good fit for this program, pitch $7,000. Here's another thing. Everybody always said, do not get off the phone until you've collected payment. I'm sorry, what if I want to have a conversation with my husband who is at work and will not be home? Well, then collect a down payment. Luke and I don't make decisions like that. We do, if we, if he's like, I put a $500 down payment on a program, I'd be like, excuse me, we never discussed this. So really, even buying a car, right? And I went to the dealership, I put down $500 deposit, a non-refundable deposit on this Porsche GT, whatever. And you're like, what? Here's why it worked. It was a tactic of manipulation, which, by the way, if we're speaking from a biblical standard, is witchcraft. It's a form of witchcraft. Um, and there were a lot of manipulative witchcraft, we'll just call it what it is, tactics, sales tactics in the coaching space. And not every single tactic is manipulation. Some of them are just common sense. But a lot of them that I feel that I learned in the coaching space um, pre-pandemic the launching model, closing on a 45-minute sales call, pressuring somebody to make a decision before talking to their husband, making sure you get payment before you get off the phone, otherwise you're going to lose the sale. All of that is manipulative. And no wonder people felt icky and sleazy and salesy on a sales call. No wonder. I mean, you want someone to buy into your coaching practice and have a good relationship from the beginning. It's, 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 I would say similar to human trafficking. We're like, oh, we're going to lure you into the van and we're going to promise you this thing at the end. And then the bait and switch, not saying all coaches do that, but the coaches who some have experienced that we're like, yes, we're going to, they glam it all up and okay. And then you get into the program and it's like, what, wait, I didn't get any of the deliverables that you promised. You put it on a sales page and it looked mighty fine and dandy. And now we're like, where, where, where are the, the, the deliverables that I was promised? And I think the, the coaching space in general has picked up on this because they've been burned. They joined the program. Every single person I've worked with, almost every single, has worked with somebody else. And 
not to say that that person wasn't a good coach. They probably were a great coach, but they've worked with somebody else before. So they have experience of what it is to invest, whether that was a good experience or a bad experience, that's going to heavily influence the next time they go to invest. So part of nicely leads into the private sales process that I use myself, that I teach my clients and how we do it differently. So what we're not doing is we're not trying to close on one 45 minute sales call that is done out the window. Okay. I'm not saying that it can't work. I'm saying that there's a better way. There's a more effective way. There's a more humane way to do it than trying to close a $7,000 deal on a 45 minute sales call with a stranger. It's like speed dating. What that doesn't No, we're done with that. Another thing is odd bitching audibly. Meaning you're telling them all about the program, but you're not actually showing them the program. That's another thing that we're done with. We're done with posting and hoping. I'm not anti-launching. And in fact, I'll even give you insight into what I'm doing because I'm about to do a launch here very soon, but it's a very different approach to the launch. So it has nothing to do with posting and hoping. Done with posting and hoping. That's like the traditional launch model. Uh, and having smoke and mirrors programs, there is coaches out there that have an incredibly high level of social intelligence. They know exactly how to read a room. They know exactly what to respond to you with, which social intelligence is not a bad thing. That's great. But then they didn't have the program to back it up. Imagine how much more amazing it would be if you had the social intelligence to know exactly how to read a room, exactly what tone to use, how to respond to a person. And your program was just amazing as you made it sound that would give you an impeccable reputation. You gotta get rid of the smoke and mirrors programs. Well, we've all had those moments. I've invested in a coach that I, and it was, it was no shame in this. Welcome to the human club. We're all here making imperfect decisions. Having said, I invested into a coach that I, because I wasn't really rooted spiritually, I, I had no maturity as a Christian. Um, I naively invested into a program with somebody that was very woo-woo. And shocker, started doing some woo-woo stuff myself. I didn't recognize it as new age stuff. I thought it was just mindset work. And, but it's so interesting. The Bible does say, do not be unequally yoked. And a lot of us think about that as in a romantic relationship. And of course, we're called to not be unequally yoked. But as you were saying earlier, this is very similar to dating. I mean, there's so many parallels between coaching, running a business and dating. And we're entering into a partnership. Now, I'm not saying that we can not learn anything from somebody who's not a believer. That's not what I'm saying. I think that that starts to wreak a little bit of arrogance or cocky Christianity. What I am saying is going back to that wisdom and discernment of how, who do we invest in? Um, are the things that they're teaching specifically going against the Bible? And if they are, then we, we shouldn't use them. I hear you a hundred percent. And I, I did that as well. So welcome to the human club. We're all here. And so if it's okay, if you love to start chatting about private sales, yes. we're not going to do traditional launching. If we're not going to do posting and hoping, if we're not going to try and close on a 45 minute sales call, what are we going to do? The concept of private sales is very, very simple. I call it private sales. Other people may call it other things. It's just, I call it selling your program to another person privately without relying on a launch. It is selling face-to-face, -face, or should I say Zoom-to-Zoom, -zoom, and presenting your program in a visual way through a presentation. Let's go back old school to business presentations, giving them all the tools they need to make a decision, holding space, but not giving them space. But we don't want to be pushovers. We're not going to give somebody like, two weeks to decide on something. You don't need two weeks to decide on something. I'll give you an appropriate amount of time. Um, and I think that actually private sales, not only does it have a higher conversion rate, it's much faster to sell one-to-one -one because it takes a long time to plan a launch. Like every time I was doing launching and I didn't have a team, let's also recognize that a lot of the people that I mentor don't have support. They're new coaches in the sense of they're working towards their first $100,000 or they've been doing this less than two years. They don't have the team yet. So when they're creating these launches, they're doing every single thing themselves. It's taking them three weeks to a month to create this launch. I can sell, teach them how to privately sell in, in like 24 days. I had a client close a $3,997 sale 
24 days after we started working together. She's already up to $3 short of 4K here in the month of November. Uh, That took her 24 days, 24 days. Uh, I remember spending three weeks trying to plan this launch and then launching for two weeks and then closing maybe $4,000. And then it was a whole bunch of work. And then you can't turn around and launch right in. Oh, that's when you burn out your list. Right. Absolutely. So again, to summarize the concept of private selling, it's selling face-to-face or Zoom to Zoom, I should say. It is presenting your program and not relying on a public launch. Now, what that does mean is that because you're not relying on publicity, I should say, you're not relying on content, you're posting the content, you're doing the Instagram stories. Let's not throw that out. Let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. But you're not relying on it. That means that you, you are relying more on conversations. I believe that conversations convert 10 times more than content ever will. I, last time I posted to my Instagram feed was last week. And I'm not saying don't post content, but I'm doing the best I've ever done. Thank you, Jesus, financially. And I'm not posting to my feed every day. I can't remember the last time I did a reel. I think not done a reel in a long time. So the concept of private sales, again, selling one-to-one, which also is, I think, a really challenging way to sell. Challenging in the sense of not that it's overly complicated, but challenging that you can't bluff when you're selling face-to-face. You can't bluff it. Um, you have to actually be good at sales. <laughs> you have to be sharp in your sales process. And if you can master private sales, if you can master selling somebody a five, seven, $14,000 program, Zoom to Zoom, you don't have five minutes to think about what you're going to respond with every single time because you're not in the DMs. You can sell anything. Selling on a podcast is all of a sudden to be so much more easier. If you decide to launch a group program later, Everything will be much easier than selling face-to-face. So master that first, which is also, again, like I said, um, faster to do, higher conversion rate. It is way more personal. It's going to put more money in your pocket, and it relies on conversations and relationship building. So my main message that I send to people is if you want to make more money, go start having more conversations with people that need your services and invite them to work with you. Offer them a solution to their problem. That's it. That's what private sales is. And that's really it. Because when we're talking about the the traditional launch model, you have all the copywriting, sales pages, social media content, blah, 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 blah. And then it does culminate maybe into a webinar and into a 45-minute conversation. But what if we could just eliminate all of that busy work ahead of time and just jump into the one-on-one conversation with someone and honestly you need that before you can even create the content create the sales page you need to start having conversations with real people who want whatever you have and i get it it's kind of like the chicken and egg thing what do we do first oh and because we've learned a lot of different models in the culture and And I'm saying this for people who have never even invested in a coach, but if you have started some kind of business online, you've already invested in coaching by the people that you're following, absorbing their content. They're telling you, do this, don't do that. Any email list that you subscribe to, right, giving you, I guess, value posts or coaching, they're telling you, this will work for me, that's what worked for me. And I see so many people doing that shiny object chasing. And even with some of the higher ticket people that I've worked with, they follow coaches, their coaches are seeing shifts in the marketplace. And then like, well, we were doing it like this, we're like pivoting now and we're doing it this way. And not saying, I mean, that's what we're talking about today, switching from a traditional model to the private selling model. But when you do it too much and you're just following all of these different tactics it really messes with your your business and that and not only messes with you and like how you're structuring your processes and systems what is it doing to your audience your audience experiencing the whiplash is your audience going to be burnt out by what you're doing i'm doing this now i'm doing this now no and then your audience doesn't know which way you're coming or going and then it kind of leaves as a lack of integrity on your part because we're going to take the dating example again well today i like sushi but yesterday i didn't 
because I, I got a parasite and so I don't do sushi. <laughs> like, and then yeah. but on another date, you ask them what they want. He's like, but I love sushi. Let's go. I thought you said you didn't want sushi. If our audience doesn't know what we have to offer then and what to expect, then it's going to put that doubt that it's just going to plant that seed of doubt within them. And, and the next time you go to present something, well, can I trust you? You said, well, I want to take their dating example. You said you were going to be at the golf course, but you really weren't. You were somewhere else. Hmm. Next time you ask me to go golfing or you tell me you're going golfing, right? I don't know where you are in your relationships, but if you're, spouse tells you i'm going golfing like hmm, are you really going golfing and it just plants that seed of doubt and then the enemy can just be havoc on your mind like is my spouse actually going golfing but then it um, just destroys the foundation of your relationship because of the lack of trust and there's a book by franklin covey that is titled the speed of trust and it says um, the main premise of the book is your organization because this is a corporate training but your organization or your business for us as entrepreneurs can only grow as fast or as quickly as the speed of trust in your organization so if people in your organization don't trust you and your clients are now part of your organization they are your clients they're not part of your business to speak your team but they are where you derive your income from without your clients you have no business so if you don't have that trust with your clients then what do you have? Absolutely. And I believe that there's more good coaches than coaches. And that being said, I think that we all make mistakes and we pivot. And sometimes it can come off as being a lack of integrity and somebody maybe was or wasn't trying to portray that. So I say all that to say, somebody is going out in the coaching space and they're like, man, I just feel like a coach is like probably not trustworthy now. No, don't hear that message. Realize that there's probably a few bad apples. Let's have discernment. Let's have wisdom. Let's ask the right questions. Let's pray about it. Let's not be forced or rushed into a decision. Cause by the way, Jesus never rushed anybody. Now he held boundaries. I have boundaries. I'm not going to let somebody drag me on and or lead me on to use another um, dating term. I'm not going to let somebody lead me on for two, three weeks. To, oh, maybe I'll join. Maybe I not. Cause that's manipulation too. That's manipulation as well. Um, but God's not pushing you into doing anything. He's not rushing you or coming behind you and just shoving you into a program. And so if you feel that way um, on a sales call, that's probably a huge red flag to back up. And maybe save your dollar bills and invest in something that feels more aligned with your values. So, yeah. And that being said, I'm not completely anti-launching. As I mentioned, I am about to launch a program. Uh, I'm not using the traditional posting and hoping model. And so I'm going to give you like an insight into uh, what does launching look like for me now that I'm not posting and hoping. I have a program that I'm going to be launching and I'm not going to pitch it on, on your show or anything. Like that, but just use this as an example. When that program comes out, I will already have paying clients in that program. That program will already be profitable. I am not going to wait till day one where I'm opening my cart to hope people come in the door. There will be already thousands of dollars invested in that program. Hopefully people, I mean, hopefully there already is um, somebody in there. I, I will have pitched that thing almost 10 times. And when we privately sell a program first, before launching it, we guarantee it's going to be profitable. We guarantee that people actually want it. And we guarantee that it's actually going to be worth our time to go through the actual launch. So what I view a launch as now is just filling up my last couple spots. Hey, I have XYZ spots. Half of those are already gone. Here's my program. Here's all about it. There's XYZ spots left. Now I'm not just relying on posting and hoping and waiting that hoping that um, somebody joins just so I have one, maybe two people in her. There should be already be half the spots gone, which is a buying behavior. Some people will buy because other people have already bought. And now there's a limited number of seats. Some people will be like, oh, there's urgency now. There's a limitation now. And it's actually authentic. It's not just. Um, there's sometimes a 
coaches will say like, there's seven spots left. And then 14 more people jump into the program. It's like, there was not really seven spots left. So it's actually in off integrity. I have a limited amount of spots left. There's actually only four spots left. Come in and join. And from that perspective, publicly telling people about your program, I am all for that. That is just good business, whether you're a coach or, or another type of business owner. If people don't know that your offer exists, they can invest in it. But let's not let content be the first thing that we rely on. Let's get down and have conversations. Let's generate leads that way. Let's build relationships. Let's sell this thing. Even maybe half the spots in and only then do we open up the remaining spots to the public. And you know, best case scenario, maybe you actually fill all of your spot before you actually even open it up to the public. I mean, that's quite literally a possibility for many people, especially with like one-on-one coaching. People usually only have maybe five spots. Very few people take on 10 one-on-one clients at a time. You don't need to do a launch for your one-on-one coaching. Do you have five people that you could go have a conversation with? 10 people, 30 people? There's no reason to do a launch. I believe that a launch should only really be done after we've almost exhausted all of our interconnection, inner circle people and invited them all into the program already. That's going to be a higher conversion rate than me going on my Instagram stories and trying to sell that way. I'm not saying that that we shouldn't. I'm actually about to start doing that, publicly telling people about a program. But that sales conversion rate is much lower than me having a private conversation with somebody and inviting them into the program. Okay, so um, to recap, your private sales method is really we start having conversations first and we start inviting people privately to have private conversations with us and then once we kind of i guess pre-sell the program to Mm -hmm. those in our inner circle that's when we can start using the traditional launch model methods in a nutshell so when, when we do go to open it up to the public and we start posting content Let's not rely on content alone. Let's not let those conversations stop flowing. Because again, remember that the traditional launch model really heavily relied on captions that people aren't reading as much anymore. So how are the way that we post content needs to be different? I'm not saying don't post a reel. If you love reels, girlfriend, you post all the reels you want. I'm not a real girl. Don't love them. Um, for myself, I like watching a few of my friends do it that they just thrive on them and they will promote their program that way. And it's great and it's wonderful. But for me, it feels pushed. That's not the content that I love. If somebody's like, hey, here's a podcast and talk about my, my podcast, I could talk about my program all day long. Super easy for me to do it, to share content that way. And I've built up a relationship with my podcast listeners. My audience is not used to seeing reels from me. If I threw a reel out there, they'd be like, what's this? It's <laughs> not the way they like to absorb my content. And that's when we know we're selling authentically. When we're authentically who who we are, if you're not a reels person, then you're just not a reels person. And right. if you prefer to sell this way or that way, well, then that, that's how you should do it. And how you want to post content, post content however you want to. I mean, yeah, is the can the graphic with the long caption, like it's not working anymore. But if you are a writer, you could use Instagram for mini blogging still, because if that's the way that your audience is used to you showing up and that's what they like to see from you, then yes, the algorithm and whatever is however it is, but the audience members that you've built up, they expect you to show up in a certain way. Our reels will get you in front of like new audiences because mm-hmm. they'll push your, your feed in to the main algorithm, but those people who are following you will still gravitate to the way that you have been posting content, post and essentially selling on social. We want to see. And so to summarize, what are the main differences of launching that I'm talking about? Key point takeaways. Traditional launching was heavily reliant on posting and hoping that people buy. It was heavily reliant. It was content first and from the content conversations would start and hopefully people would come in the door. It was very content first. Um, And in that content, it was picture posts. It was captions. That is the traditional launch model. I'm not anti-launching. Here's the new launch model that I feel is more effective. Pre-selling at least half of your spots 
before you ever think about opening up the doors to the public. Make sure that thing is profitable. Don't waste your time launching it for three weeks if not a single person is already in the door. Half the spots gone before. Um, let conversations be on the forefront. Content takes a back seat. I'm not saying don't post content. That's actually good business practice to publicly make people aware of your offer. But don't let content be the thing that you're relying on to get people in the door. Conversations. Content is sub-level to that. Important, not the most important. Um, and use the content and the conversation to fill the last few spots. Also, I think it's worth saying that if you're a coach now and you have 600 followers or less, I have 600 followers or less, right? Um, and realizing that like Jennifer Allwood, who I love, by the way, I don't know if you follow her. She's so, fun. she's so funny. She loves the Lord. I love me some Jennifer Allwood. Um, she has over a hundred thousand people in her audience. She can probably get away with a post and hope methodology because there's so more volume there. If you're at that place where you have over 50,000 followers, close to 100,000 followers, sure, go ahead. I mean, do the do, do the launch model. You're still probably going to do, or the traditional launch model, I mean. Like, go ahead and post, let the content be on the forefront. You're still probably going to see a little bit of a dip. I know that there's a coach that is is seen as, as uh, really high up in the coaching space. And I recently heard that she even said, hey, launches are not performing as well as they used to. And last time I looked, she had over a hundred thousand followers. So you're still probably going to see a little bit of a dip just on trends changing, algorithm changing, but let's stop comparing ourselves as, and when I say small coaches, I don't mean that negatively. I mean that like the equivalent of like a small business owner. I'm not going to compare my small business to Coca-Cola, like Pepsi. They're, they're massive corporations. Sure. There's some principles that still apply to both, but Pepsi could probably use a launching, like a completely different sales model than I'm using. So if you're a coach that has 50,000 followers or less, or maybe that is podcast download listeners, maybe that is email subscribers, not just Instagram. If you have 50,000 people in your Facebook group, then sweetheart, a launching model is probably good for you. Traditional launching model. But for the rest of us that are, I would say the average coach, we have 10,000 followers or less. Um, I believe that we can use a launching model, but we got to do it different. Those are my thoughts. 100%. And that's how you can make your launches algorithm proof. Yes. Perfect. Love that you said that. And we're not relying on on social because that's what they tell us, right? You can't rely on social with everything that's happening in the social media world with Twitter and buying your blue check mark now and like who knows when things are going to shift and if you'll lose your total, your whole audience, someone that I know lost her whole Facebook group because she was talking about something that the owners of the platform didn't appreciate and shut down. You never know when you're going to lose your audience, but if you are having conversations with real people, those conversations can still live on because you have a relationship with someone. Just like Cammy and I, we started talking on social media. That's how we have a relationship now. I wanted to go find her. I could go find her. Right. Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Let's connect. It's not going to be awkward. But if you lost, say you lost all of your followers today and you tried to start a new account and start like hitting these people up in the DM, they're going to be like, who are you? I have no idea who you are. Because right. they don't have that relationship with you. And I love that you talk about that because my social media coach that I follow, she's all about relationships. And she's a social media strategist, but she's all about the relationships. That's where the sales are made. They're not made. She always talks about the engagement, all of the, you know, the metrics. Yeah. The metrics aren't what sells in your business, especially if you're a coach. It's the relationship because that's what they're going to be getting when they're buying into your program. They're buying the strategy or whatever, but they're, they can get strategy anywhere on YouTube. You can Google it. But what they're buying is that relationship with you as a coach and how are you going to take them from point A to point B where B equals success in their business. This 
is what they are buying and they want to be on a journey with a real person who is authentic and who gets them and knows them and understand them understands their struggles understands their goals and knows exactly how to get them from point a to point b and that's what they're buying when they're buying coaching absolutely and to go back to your point conversations are timeless relationships are timeless Business has been reliant on relationships far before social media and far after social media. So I teach my clients a strategy that if you, even if your Instagram, which we hope it doesn't, but if your Instagram were to be deleted tomorrow, within a month, you would have new clients coming in through different strategies. And that's really what I teach people how to sell, not relying on the algorithm. If the algorithm is working in your favor, if you love yourself, some reels and the algorithm works working in your favor that way. Amazing. But maybe you're like me and you're like, if I never do a reel again, it would be too soon. Um, That's you. uh, Welcome. You're welcome here. And there's ways to sell beyond playing into the algorithm. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I think it was last year I was in Hawaii and I was sitting in a hot tub and you, know, you chat with other people when you're on vacation. Like, where are you from? Where are you from? This lady was a, a travel influencer. She literally got paid to travel. And I'm like, that's everyone's dream job. I don't care who you are. Everybody wants to be traveled and paid to get travel. But she's like, I have an Instagram following of over, over 100,000 followers. She was making really great money. It got hacked. They posted some inappropriate content, which Instagram has a no tolerance policy for. Um, she lost her account. This was this woman's life, financial lifeline. She had over $100,000. She's traveling. People are paying her to travel and then promote their company. Uh, she lost all that because someone hacked her account. And thank goodness she had a Facebook group to rely on, but she was other than the Facebook group, her Instagram was a main money driver for her. And how can we not, first of all, I think that there could be a lot said of like choosing really complex passwords, having two-step identification. I mean, doing our due diligence there, which she may have done. She may not have, I'm not here to judge that, but realizing that like, if your Instagram is wiped out tomorrow, do you know how to start over? And even beyond an email list, because maybe you don't have a clue about email marketing. Having an email list is just good practice. Absolutely have an email list. But like, could you start a new Instagram account tomorrow? I know exactly what to do. Could you? If you can't, then I think that maybe there's some holes that we could plug in the bucket to make sure that we're protecting your business and that you sell outside of launching. Yeah, bring us back to the main theme of today's episode is why traditional launching is not working and how to, we'll just say algorithm proof (laughs) your business. For sure. Sure. Uh, Where can people find you online? I have a podcast. It's called the Bibles, Babies, and Business Podcast. Uh, We talk about Jesus. We talk about motherhood, which is a season that I'm going to be walking in soon. Uh, My husband and I are adopting, which we're super stoked about. And we talk about business because my person, she wants to start an online coaching business so that she can make money, provide for her family, and stay home with her kiddos. That's really the mission of what I do. That's where I really feel the Lord's calling me to serve. Uh, I do have an Instagram account. It is at cami.wilkie You can come hang out with me over there. I do a lot of mini trainings over there, showing up there twice, uh, five days a week. And then I do two podcast episodes a week. Sweet. And if you want to find out more about that private selling model, which is brilliant, by the way, go follow her. She talks about that on, on her Instagram and also on her podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. 